you know, you like your way of doing things best. I like my way of doing things best. But we could get confrontational over that. But if we understand that, we okay, well, there's sometimes that Jay's got to give in. There's sometimes Mike's got to give in. And uh, because maybe Jay's way isn't always right. I think it is, but maybe it's not. Maybe your way isn't always right, you know? So creating that, it just removes that, what I like to say, people clutter that impedes the organization. Today on the podcast, we have Jay Harulik, and he is with Acumac, Acumax Index. And he actually had me take this assessment, which is a, it's like a five minute assessment. And you learn a lot about just your personality style. Um, it's, it's, it's extremely quick, but it's, it's extremely insightful. And um, I really enjoyed talking with him because he unpacks just, you know, in this world of assessments, there's, there's so many, there's hundreds. Um, how do you find the right one? And how do you understand the results? And then how do you actually then act on those results? And we started talking and I just, he started going into story before we even thought we were going to start the interview. And um, so let's just jump right in and we can start listening from Jay. Tell me about Acumax. Like, how'd you put it together? Is it, is it yours or I'm just curious about it? It's mine. Okay. Um, I actually fell into the personality assessment arena quite by mistake 20 years ago. Okay. I was working for a lean manufacturing company and basically my job was obviously to obtain clients, but also to work with senior leadership. And a lot of what we were doing was streamlining process and to some degree also people off the payroll. Mm -hmm. And the behavioral department we had in that company was pretty much can be summed up with the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> so I went looking for a better assessment to kind of help us out. Yeah. And I stumbled onto an assessment and I started talking to the company and they actually offered me a job. Wow. So I said, well, sure. What the heck? So I started working for another assessment company and um, I was there for 11 years. I was very, very successful, but I started to get interested in the brain chemicals and brain science side of things because most personality assessments are based on observable behavior mm. or it's a combination of nature, your wiring, plus nurture, upbringing, life's experiences, all the good and bad things that have happened to Mike in his lifetime. Mike's a pretty trusting guy, but because you're so trusting, you've been burned a few times. <clears throat> so you may not be as trusting today as you were a few years ago. So um, I got really involved in that and decided back in 2011, uh, I was going to leave the company I worked for and there was a one-year non-solicitation, which I honored. And at that time, I finished formulating this. And, uh, you know, so there's a little history. We opened our doors October 1st of 2012. Gotcha. We now service 160 businesses in the United States, Europe. We're used in China, Canada, and Mexico. So you have a couple different products like... Um... Hiring, you know, I was just, I was looking on your website, um, you have hiring and it's like 360 assessment, culture assessment. Like, what do you feel like is the biggest problem that you solve, Jay, for, for companies? Like what, when they're coming to you, like what's driving them to, to want to work with you? The first thing we solve is getting the right people in the right seat at an organization. Mm. While people have wiring, jobs have wiring. So if, um, you know, 
I could hire somebody from my competitor down the street, same job title. They were successful there. They're not successful in my company. So number one, getting the right people. Number two, it's reducing turnover. Um, because a lot of times people, well, hey, that sounds like fun. You know, uh, I'll go try it. I'm not a wiring fit for the role. And then thirdly is clarity amongst people. You know, your wiring tells me where you get your self-confidence, you know, how you, um, you know, how to build that self-confidence. And people are confusing because the reality of it is, this could be a big shock, but people will fib in the interview process. Best quote I ever heard was, all the productivity improvements on resumes actually occurred, we'd have a 10% GDP growth per year. <laughs> and interviews can be Academy Award-winning um, performances. I mean, I do speeches and I'll ask uh, business owners, you know, how many people in the room have hired the next greatest employee? 90 days later, you know, you're scratching your head. Who are they? Who is this person? Everybody raises their hand. Yeah. So clarity. We double the chance of success. The unique thing about us is because we do brain chemicals, not personality, is um, I have a deeper look into somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and it actually helps in some honesty assessment. If, you know, if I yeah. said, Mike, are you a team player? And you go, oh man, Jay, I'm the ultimate team player of all time. I would question that a little bit. Yeah. You're a team player under certain conditions. Yeah. And you're a captain, coach, or quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Rut row. I don't know if you, I like you knowing this much about me. <laughs> well, we so, get that sometimes, yeah. you know, it is a little bit eerie at, at first, but the beauty is it's fast. It's quick. I know who you are. Um, I don't know you personally, your likes and dislikes, but I know a lot about you. You know, are you going to fit the role for the organization? So, you know, to, to, to kind of give context for listeners, you know, um, there's a lot of other assessments, right? Yep. So when I ask you kind of what, what is the pain that you solve, you know, um, you talked about hiring, retention, that sort of thing. At, what are, like, what, what is someone saying in their head um, if, if assessments aren't on their radar as a solution? Are they just, are they losing people? Are they having some like team dysfunction? Like walk me through like maybe a couple steps back from when they actually reach out to you or they feel a need to find someone like you. Um, because partly what I'm getting at, Jay, is, um, you know, if someone's struggling with this and they need your help, like, I want to just kind of understand that world to help them say, maybe it's not you that they call. Maybe it's like they need to do a couple things before they would work with someone like you. But what are those symptoms or the identifiers of, you know, maybe they need to better understand their people to get better people in the right place and right in the bus, so to speak? The answer is yes. I mean, what do I mean? It could be because of hiring. It could be because I can't figure out this team. You know, the reality of it is in teams, if I have a team full of clone wiring, we're all wired the same way. A lot of things fall through the cracks. To have an effective team, you need a diversity of wiring, but a diversity of wiring is what creates team dysfunction unless I understand why. Mm. The key thing is, there are 240 personality assessments that are marketed and they all measure different things. That's, that's the key. It's kind of like in a personality assessment arena, it'd be kind of like saying, I'm going to go buy a vehicle. Well, what kind of vehicle, a car, a truck, gas, diesel, electric, two door, four door SUV, uh, front wheel drive, all wheel drive. So there's so many, and that's the same thing here. So usually, 
when companies reach out to us, they have a problem. And it is oftentimes I can't get good salespeople. I can't get the right person. I have a lot of turnover. The reality of it is there's only a handful of instruments that can be used in the hiring process. That's key. Some of the very big names out there you really can't use in the hiring process. Mm. Number one, you have to be statistically validated. Do we purport to measure what we say we measure? We are statistically validated. Is there any differentiators by people based upon age, gender, ethnicity? If there is, you could have a problem. With the X, there isn't. We're statistically significant, valid, and there is no uh, statistical difference between men and women, ethnicity, and age groups. That protects a company, as a matter of fact. So, for example, you and I apply for a job, and they hire you, not me, and I go, well, you know, they don't like guys with white mustaches, you know, class. Uh, no, 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 no. You know, Mike had the background and skill set, which is very important, and the right wiring pattern. Actually, companies that use assessments have less chance of legal action than those that don't. Mm. The second thing you have to be EOC compliant is you don't bias for or against, and that there's no skewing of the results. Our reports are very carefully written, so we do not include genders. We do not use any pronouns. Because, you know, you can get yourself in trouble if you have somebody who has a name and you think it's, you know, one gender and it's another or, you know, it, to reduce any chance of bias. So there's only about a handful of tools that can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them are used after the hire. But the thing is, you know, if Mike's a great fit, good. But if Mike's a bad fit, I want to find out after I'm on board. All right. So usually it becomes, there's issues, people issues. And it can be just about communication, or it can be just about team dysfunction, or it can be turnover, finding the right person. Sales is huge. Right now, in a low unemployment market, uh, you know, employees can jump from company to company. So, you know, how do I not only hire Mike, but then how do I motivate him the right way? Yeah. If I brought you on board and put you under my thumb and micromanage you to death, you would hate it, you would leave. Yeah. And the thing we do is we take data from companies. That's the cool thing about it. We take data from companies and say, okay, who's successful in these roles? Now we use the index on everybody because you don't want to create any red flags. But you know, it, we create data. This is what you need in this role. This is what you need in this role. This is what you need. So there's no subjectivity, it's objective data. So yeah. I heard you say one, which is maybe pains in hiring. Maybe they're not finding the right people. They're churning through new hires or the hires mm -hmm. aren't working out in the roles. So that's a symptom that you're helping address. Secondarily, sounds like a maybe there's some team dysfunction, whether that's communication or actual performance, is that correct? Where it's after mm -hmm. the hire. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, making sure we have the right seats on the bus kind of thing and understanding the value. It's kind of like diversity of wiring does create team dysfunction unless I know the value of that person. Mm. So, you know, where if I put you in a heavily sequential role, where you were doing the same thing over and over again that was very, very heavily detailed. Could you do it? Yes. Would you be happy? No. 70% mm -hmm. of the U.S. workforce is disengaged from their jobs. 70%. It's going up. Two reasons. I mean, they're not a wiring 
fit for the role or I'm not properly managed and motivated. That's yeah. key. So talk to me about the properly managed and motivated, because that's one of the things like this, this podcast is meant to, to help people that are, that are managing people. How do they do that better? You know, um, so trying to talk to coaches like yourself and experts that are working with companies to overcome that gap. And, you know, a lot of that is lack of, I think, skills or the know-how, which these assessments um, help with, but talk to me a little bit about not being managed well and maybe the why they're not being managed well, you know, kind of that you've seen with your clients, you know, what's the hell they're in before, so to speak, and then the heaven they're in after they work at Acumax and they work with you, you know, and I'm being kind of, you know, a little bit coy with that, but it's like, yeah. I, I think that there's a real, real reality there. And then there's a skepticism though, to a working with an outside consultant type person, but then also like another, another assessment, like, okay, you know, is this, it's the assessment is meaningless unless you actually take action on it. Right. So well, talk to me about that transition and how people are becoming better at leading people and managing their teams. Well, the thing is one size fits all management techniques never work because you're only going to hit maybe at best, maybe, maybe 20% of your workforce. So that's the conundrum, you know, why, why is it with one individual? They want very clear expectations of the job. They want detailed, laid out, performance feedback, work done well, areas needing improvement. They want a plan to follow. Where other individuals, like yourself, I say, hey, go get this done. You say, okay, Jay, under one condition, get out of my way. Judge me on my result. So there is no one size fits all technique, and that's the issue. Who wants the lots of detail? Who needs a lot of detail to be successful? Who doesn't? So it creates a lot of clarity in that particular arena. And you have different areas. You know, I'm gonna manage sales different than I'm gonna manage production. So understanding it's not a good or a bad thing. It just is an is thing. Giving to individuals, certain people, they want to, especially in certain arenas, they wanna feel that their work is family that they're important, they're known as a person, you know? And so the best thing a manager can do then is tell me a little bit about yourself, you know? You give me a little bit about your family. That resonates. Others, that's not important. They start doing that and they fall out. They're, they're, so that's kind of the key. What we do when we go into organizations, we train them completely on the instrument, the Acumax, there's no secrets. We train them on everything. And then we work with them to develop that skill set. We've made it very, very easy because people are busy. And so there are other assessments out there. You may have to go 10, two, three, four days of training. Nobody has that kind of time. We do a workshop for a company in two half days. And then we provide constant you know, support afterwards. It's all part of our package. And we encourage our clients to ask questions. And that's how they learn. It becomes uh, part of the culture of the organization. It's a, yeah. it becomes a positive because then you have a language that you can say in that's non-confrontational. So, you know, you like your way of doing things best. I like my way of doing things best, but we could get confrontational over that. But if we understand that, we go, okay, well, there's sometimes that Jay's got to give in. There's sometimes Mike's got to give in. And uh, because maybe Jay's way isn't always right. I think it is, but maybe it's not. Maybe your way isn't always right, you know? So creating that, it just removes that 
what I like to say, people clutter that impedes the organization. People clutter, we, that's a, I, I like that. <laughs> and we go a step farther. We let our clients survey family and friends because you know why? If you're unhappy at home or you've got problems, it creates that clarity, you know? And that's one of our big success factors. People come back and say, you know, I, I finally know what my spouse finally wants. I've known him for 20 years, but man, now it's definitive. I understand these sort of things. And it improves, because it's just improving relationships. That's mm -hmm. whether it's at work or at home. And then taking that clutter away and understanding, okay, this is how this person is. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, personally, myself and my wife, we both like our way of doing things best. Before I ever discovered this, we <laughs> knock down, drag out, last person standing, draw a line in the middle of the floor and dare each other to cross it. We don't have that because we understand. Sometimes she needs to be in control of things. Sometimes I need to be in control of things, but we understand that. So it takes away a lot of that angst. That yeah. And personal relationships are not just personal relationships. Personal relationships are work as well. Yeah. You said, um, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I wanted to hit on, you said that engagement is going up and I wanted to ask you, do you see trends going on right now in the workplaces um, that is contributing to that or any other things that are going on that um, maybe some people are, are seeing that you can speak to? Well, the biggest trend right now is companies wanting to retain good talent because it's an employee market right now. You know, I work for you, I, you look at me cross-eyed, I don't like it, I'll go across the street. Mm -hmm. So it's getting good talent and then giving them the environment in which to thrive. Some people are very good autonomously, some people work much better collaboratively. It's not a good or bad, it just is. So retaining that good talent, bring them in, motivating them the right way, being and retaining that individual because most people you know a lot you've heard the old expression a lot of times people don't quit jobs they quit managers right pay is usually the number one reason people say they leave but it's like number five on the list hmm. so you know it's do i have am i properly motivated i'm in an environment that i enjoy Look at it like this. When you're in an environment you enjoy, you get up in the morning, doesn't mean you're not going to have a bad day because we all have bad days. Sometimes you get up and you go, man, I'm really glad I'm doing what I'm doing. When you're in an environment you don't, you get up and say, oh man, I got to go to work again. Oh no. And that's stressful. And it, it creates that strain. So just engaging people, having a positive language, understanding the value that everybody brings and aligning people in the right roles. Yeah. We worked with companies five years ago that had 10, 12 employees of 70 today. Right people, right seats, properly motivated. One of my clients says the right people making the right decisions at the right time. And that's a beautiful tagline. That's awesome. How, how do people find you, Jay? That, that uh, I know acumaxindex.com. Um, we'll link up all this in the show notes, but um, you know, what's the best way? Acumaxindex.com. Okay. That's how you find us. And if you'd like to take a complimentary assessment, we do have a way of doing that right on the site there. Request okay. And you will not be harassed by salespeople. We're <laughs> <So, laughs> inundated, inundated with too many emails. Yeah. So, um, you know, most of our business has been grown. We've grown pretty much organically uh, through referrals and networks. 
clients tell other companies about us. Uh, so that's been the majority of our growth. We've done very, very little marketing. Um, I'm going to go through that assessment in a little more detail so I can understand more about myself. <laughs> please do. Please yeah. do. Um, just a little, that there's two graphs. The top graph is your innate wiring. That occurs in the 18 to 24 month period after a person is born. Wow. It does not change. It reaches its full width or spread at puberty, but it doesn't change. This has been used since about age two. Actually, we're purist as individuals at about age two. You know, you hear the terrible twos. Well, we're purists that way. And the wiring really starts to come out at that point in time. Um, it just is, it doesn't change. The second graph is a rear view mirror of the prior 90 days of your life. It tells me, are you trying to change yourself? Are you undergoing stress? You're not, you're being you, which is great. Because when we try and change ourselves, it takes energy. And that, and that can oftentimes create bad stress. There's good stress and there's bad stress and that creates bad stress. And it gives, the second graph is very insightful because it exists in two places, in your mind and on that piece of paper. We went into a client one time and from the data from the second graph, the adjusted self, all the senior leaders felt they weren't allowed to make decisions they wanted to make. That was shocking to the CEO. He was a great guy, great entrepreneur, but kind of a micromanager. So we went around and talked to them all and they said, yeah, you just won't let us perform because people want to be self-empowered. Mm. Much to his credit, he took off, uh, you know, he took off all the harnesses over everybody, he self-empowered his team. In the last four years, they've had 300% growth. Wow. And his team is pretty much still intact. That's amazing. His leadership team. It's, it's actually grown um, because that's what people want. It gives insight in a very positive, positive way so that business owners can make good decisions about the people capital in their organization. People say, what companies do you work with? We work with companies that employ people. And until robots take over, I think we're in pretty good shape. I don't think they'll have wiring. Well, they'll have wiring patterns, but a very different type of wiring. Right, right. <laughs> well, thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. My pleasure. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.